0: Well, open your Bibles, 1 Corinthians chapter number 13. I'd really thought about bringing a message tonight related to the new year and uh, maybe something about <clears throat> new year resolutions and, you know, da-da-da, all of the different things that could be said about the challenges of entering into a new year and, uh, and you know, that'd been well and good. But with the break here at Christmas time and what have you, I, I just didn't want to get that far away from our study here in First Corinthians 13. You know, it's real easy to kind of forget uh, what what we've been doing and lose sight of the connection. So we're going to go back to it tonight. I don't think I'll be keeping you very long tonight, uh, but uh, we'll see. Verse 7 Speaking about love, he says it beareth all things, believeth all things, hopeth all things, endureth all things. So far in this series, uh, we've considered uh, the prominence of love. That was back up in the first three verses. We had a message on the prominence of love. And uh, then we started talking about the pictures of love. In fact, there are 11 pictures of love. Of love that we've looked at. When we get to verse 8, we're going to be talking about the permanence of love, but we've got some unfinished business because here as we continue to speak about the pictures of love, there are four more, I'll call them snapshots in this picture album, and uh, the 12th where we are, this is where we left off last time, is found here in the words, Beareth All Things, and I've entitled that, it's passivity, the passivity of love. Whenever you're studying the Bible, a lot of times we try to make it really more simple than it is, you know, whether you're talking about the English language, Greek, Greek, Hebrew, whatever it is, if you don't know the meaning of the words, you're not going to end up with, uh, uh, w- with a proper understanding of, of what it's saying. It's just that simple. Uh, you can hand somebody, a, you know, a, a book, and if they're not able to read, it's totally useless to them. And so it's important that we take into consideration different words. And I know there are those that, the preachers even, that that very much oppose ever making any reference to the Greek language. And it's like, you know, to me, duh, why? It, the New Testament was written in Greek. The Texas Receptus from which we get the King James Version is a, a translation out of the Greek texas receptus and into the into the English language, and, and there are times that you know whenever you're speaking about uh, the the Greek language, for example, there might be a word that uh, that uh, would have a different sh- sh- shade of a meaning. In other words. Sometimes where there is one word in 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 one language, there might be three or four different words with slight variations of meanings. I'm saying all that for a reason tonight, because I'm telling you this this statement is not necessarily as simple as what we might make it out to be. For example, this word "beareth," it, it can. Regardless of the language, it can convey two different ideas. It comes from a Greek word that literally means to protect or to preserve by covering, uh, to keep off something that threatens, or it, it can have to do to bear up against something. But it can also speak of supporting something. We talk about bearing something, and we talk about a support that bears the weight of something. And so whenever we look at this, why we've got to try to take into consideration what is he talking about? Well, if if we use this word beareth in the second sense, talking about something that is a support and holding something up, it really means the same thing as 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 the phrase endureth all things. There at the last part of the verse, notice that. Uh, that, that would mean the same thing, and it uh, doesn't, you know, to my mind, make much sense that uh, that he would say the same thing just over uh, again, especially that quick, but uh, I don't know, the more I think about it, it, it just might be that Paul has both of those meanings in mind. You know, sometimes we can get so dogmatic about something, we have our preconceived idea that this means this and it can't mean anything else, and I don't want to listen to any different ideas, and and so we just try to nail it down. It's got to, and, and preachers do that, by the way, especially with this word here. There's some that are very emphatic about it having to do with the covering, and others are equally emphatic about, no, it doesn't mean that. It has more to do with bearing up under something. Even though though they understand that the word can be used either way, they have their idea about how it's really used. But to me, and the more I've thought about it, it seems to me like, why couldn't you use it either way? Whether you're talking about bearing up under something or whether you're talking about a covering that is protecting something, uh, either way you look at it, it that's what love does in, in other words love is something that covers up you might say all different kinds of injustices or bears up under different kinds of trials and what have you and you think about love and it is amazing what love can bear you know a lot of times we people try to build relationships and that might be that the relationship, uh, the cement that's holding it together, has to do with uh, the 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 economy. Let's say, and maybe it's a company, and so they're all on the same team, and it's their job to do what they can to uh, to make money for the company, and and that that's what the relationship is built on. And uh, there's no love, no trust, or anything like that. It's just all based on on economics, you see. Uh, there are others that it's all based on, let's say, the safety of one another. We we'll think about soldiers in battle. I, you know, it, they don't necessarily need to love one another as we think about love, but, well, but, they, they need to be there for one another and protect each other and so on and so forth. That's not to say they don't, you know, have a, a, a love for each other, but But the relationships, basically, that we're on the same team working for the same purpose. But when we talk about love and the relationships with one another, it is absolutely amazing what love can bear up under. Because, by the way, none of us are perfect. And consequently, we all have to put up with something, as it were, uh, you know, uh, in the faults of other people. Uh, Maybe you've noticed, like I have, that uh, that there are some people that really enjoy exposing the faults of other people. And they just love to do that. I, 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 I've got to tell you, I've been to preacher fellowship meetings and what have you, where, you know, at lunchtime everybody's sitting around. And, uh, of course, you always do this in the form of a prayer request. It sounds spiritual, you know. Yeah. And, and you know it's coming when they say... You know, look. I don't know whether I ought to be talking about this or not. <laughs> and, and, and you know, and you feel like saying, "No, that's far enough." You know. But did you hear about Brother So and So? Did you, yeah, I, I, It just broke my heart when I heard that. And and boy, here they go. And and, and so many times, uh, we're guilty of that. Children, I, I think maybe they're the perfect example of that because. Anything about kids, and if you're a parent, you know exactly what I mean. How the kids love to tattle on one another. Billy did this, or you know, Susie did that, or what you know, whatever it is, and they just love to tell on each other. The problem is, this is not just a, a childhood problem. Children aren't the only ones with this problem. And and it becomes even more serious whenever it's a problem with adults and the way that we, you know, we take verbal jabs at one another and, uh, and spread the bad news about other people. There's no telling how much harm is done as a result of us exposing the faults of other people and 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 it might be that we're not necessarily exposing it, but we're just we're we're just talking about it. we just keep it going and going. It might be the person we're talking to already knows about it they might know more than we do about it, but but they they just keep it going and nagging it on. The Corinthians had that problem, and remember you go back to the very first chapter. And it's always been interesting to me whenever Paul is writing to that church, and, and, and he tells them, you've come behind in no spiritual gifts. And that's an important fact. Here's a church that, that possessed all of the spiritual gifts. They could, some of them could speak in other languages that they had never studied. God just gave them the gift of tongues. Well, wouldn't that be something. You wouldn't need a translator or anything. Others had the gift of being able to interpret what they said. And uh, some had the gift of, uh, of healing. Some had the gift of prophecy. So he said, you've come behind none of the other churches in any of these spiritual gifts. They're all there, but the problem was they had not matured enough spiritually that they could properly use the gifts that they possessed. And the thing that was lacking was love. And that's why whenever troubles arose within the church, they started taking each other to court. I'll sue you. You did me wrong. I'm going to sue you. So here we have these believers going before these heathen judges trying to get a determination as to what ought to be done. Imagine some unsaved judge trying to decide what these Christians ought to do. That's why he said in chapter 6 and verse 7, Now therefore there is utterly a fault among you, because ye go to law one with another. Now listen to this. Why do ye not rather take wrong? Why do you not rather suffer, that is, allow yourselves to be defrauded why don't you just let them cheat you they did you wrong what they did was wrong it's bad they'll have to answer for that that's all true why don't you just let it happen The point of this, folks, and the reason that that Paul is really digging in deep on this matter of love is because that is the solution to their problem. That's what love would have done. Love would have said, that "What you did was wrong, but I'm going to I'm going to let you cheat me. You you did me wrong, but that's okay. I'm certainly not going to sue you. It just." I'll just incur the loss and go on, and just like nothing ever happened. Real love is willing to to suffer loss. How, how many times do you know in relationships, for example, somebody... And we talk about how much we love each other, but we are so far away from unconditional love that it's not even funny because the very minute, you know, the things don't go our way, all of a sudden it's all over. You're not my friend anymore. But love's willing to suffer loss. It's willing to endure injustice. It's willing to refrain from complaint even willing to cover up, as it were, the sins of other people. And when I say that, I'm not talking about denying their sins or lying about their sins as though, you know, oh, no, he didn't do that. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about covering up in the sense that you don't make it an issue. You just drop it. It happened. They were wrong. They're out of the will of God All of the negative things that could be said, real love, just covers that up. It doesn't mean that love never rebukes someone or never exhorts someone. Listen, there's a time and a place for that. But the only time that love allows us to do that is if it's needed and helpful. Helpful. Love doesn't let us do that just because we are angry that we've been cheated or mistreated in some way. It would rather just cover it up, move on. If sin is not public knowledge, it's not our business to make it public knowledge. I've said so many times that By the way, we're all going to fail in some way to some extent at some time. And there have been times that people have failed miserably. And they, they could have been restored and sometimes in short order. You know, if we would just gather around them in a spirit of love and let them know, hey, I love you anyway. Nothing you do is going to change my love for you. I love you. And they could recover from that quickly, but the problem is so many times we start talking to everybody else about their problem, about their fault. And now we've created another situation to where they are so embarrassed because they know everybody else knows now, and they conclude, I'm not about to go back down to church and walk in there and everybody know what I did and... How is it that everybody knows? Well, because somebody's been talking about it. And the reason is because there's a lack of love, because love is willing to suppress those faults. One, one writer said, he said, love is a little blind. I'd kind of like to revise that and say love is a whole lot blind. But I get his point. Love is a little blind. When we love someone dearly, we unconsciously overlook many faults. I think that's right it's It's not like you know whenever one of your kids they do something wrong it's not like you sit down and you have to you have to sit there and wonder well um, um, should I just stop loving them all together or you know no you you love them to such a degree you just unconsciously go on now listen you might you might privately share with them your disappointment you might offer your advice. There are times that, you know, dear friends might even confront one another about a, you know, some moral failure in their life. And that, and when it's need, needed and helpful, that's okay. Believe it or not, the yes man, that is the person who just tells you anything you want to hear just to keep peace, is not your friend. Your real friend is going to love you enough to make you uncomfortable at times, but they do that because it's needful and it's helpful. Solomon said in Proverbs ten twelve, "Hatred stirreth up strife, but love covereth all sins." You, you, see, that's what we're talking about here. That's the very meaning of that. Of that word, it's a covering that protects something. Peter said, this is First Peter 4, 8, he said, And above all things, have fervent charity among yourselves. That word charity is the Greek word agape. That is the word for love. It's the same, same word that's used there. Have fervent charity among yourselves, for charity shall cover the multitude of sins. You hurt me once, shame on you. You hurt me twice, shame on me. Really? You know what we're saying? We're saying there's a limit to what I'm going to let you get by with. What does love do? It covers a what? Multitude of sins. It just keeps on getting cheated. It just keeps on suffering loss. It just continues on and over again, getting hurt over and over and over again. But it doesn't throw in the towel and give up on the person. Now, this seems remarkable to me here in this verse. Verse. Notice what Peter said, above all things. Let that sink in, above all things. Do you suppose he really meant what he said? Well, I think he did. If he didn't mean what what he said, why didn't he say what he meant? Notice, above all things have fervent charity you know we 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 tend to make our list of christian duties and what have you our responsibilities and you know it's uh, a lot of times we put a lot more emphasis on certain things that ought to be way 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 down the list and we forget that this is at the top of the list above everything else he says have fervent charity among yourselves we need to just stop trying to explain away what the Bible says and accept it for what it is. And he says, above all things, have fervent charity among yourselves. Uh, there's no getting out of that. It means exactly what it says. It's kind of like saying you know, it would be better to dispense with all of those other Christian qualities that, that we think of and what have you it would be better to dispense with all of those and not possess any of those things and have love than it would be to have all of them and to not have love. By the way, that's exactly what he Paul says here. Because he says, without love, we're as what? Sounding, brass, and tinkling, cymbal. We're nothing. We're a big, fat zero without love. So it doesn't make any difference how much talent we've got, how much knowledge we've got, or anything else. If we don't have love in our heart for one another, I mean, listen, we are at the bottom of the list, so to speak, and we become as nothing. I said earlier, there's no telling how much damage, how much harm is done as a result of us talking about the faults of other people. If we just learned to keep our mouths shut about, you know, the faults of people, we could avoid a world of problems. Next time you're tempted, and you will be, by the way, because mm-hmm. you get hurt bad enough, you know, and you just you got to vent, right? I mean, you just got to tell somebody. Because, I mean, you've suffered some horrible loss or what, whatever. The next time you're tempted to, to, to tell somebody about the faults of someone else, ask yourself this question, why? Mm-hmm. Why do I need to tell them about this? Why do they need to know? Mm-hmm. What is your motive? Ask yourself that. What is my motive in telling them this? Ask yourself, what benefit will this be? That's a good question. What benefit will this be? If I tell them, what benefit is there in me telling them about that other person's faults? Here's another question you might want to think about. What damage might I do by spreading this news? What harm might I cause as a result of telling them? Because listen, I'm telling you 99 and 9 tenths percent of the time, you tell them, they're going to tell somebody else. Yeah. So it's not going to stop with them. And we need to consider what great harm might come as a result of that. I love what somebody said. They used this phrase, authentic agape love you know there listen for everything that's real there's a counterfeit and everything we call love is not necessarily love and that's why this chapter is so important because when we get through with this and looking at all of these pictures we won't listen we won't have to wonder what love is like and he said authentic agape love continually seeks to cover and protect I, I jotted that down when I read it because he was wise enough to include both of those thoughts, that of holding up and that of covering. It covers and it protects, and, and, and it does not broadcast the bad news about others. It's willing to go the second mile, in other words, to protect the other person. It's certainly not going to you know, cause us to criticize other people in public. Let me close with this. A fellow named the name of Alan Redpath, who was a, who was a very well-known, popular preacher many years ago. In fact, uh, one of our members uh, who who has passed away a few years ago, uh, Brother Jim, uh, Brother Redpath was his pastor, actually. And during a time in one of his pastorates, they, they were going through a difficult time. There was a lot, of, a lot of pressure, a lot of stress in the church and problems and things were not going well. And so the members decided that at his suggestion they were going to form what he called a Mutual Encouragement Fellowship. And uh, the members all subscribed to a simple formula applied before speaking about any other person. And he created an acronym with the word THINK. And so before you were to speak about the faults or the problems of another person, you always stopped and asked yourself this, the T, is it true? Is it true? now, let me tell you something. if you just think it might be true, you better shut up you know that that that's not a license to Tell everything you know because some look somebody's going to believe what you say is true. you may speak it in doubt, but they will believe it in faith. I mean they'll take it for what it is and and people tend to you know to make the worst out of it absolutely before we speak about others we need to think and ask ourselves is it true h is it helpful is this going to be helpful how is this going to help for me to say what what i'm thinking is it going to help i is it inspiring you know listen as, as brothers and sisters in christ it's our responsibility to do what we can to build each other up and we don't we don't always need a lecture in the, in the sense of trying to give people information and enlighten their mind and educate them you know there's a time and a place for that but sometimes people need inspiration more than they do information and if it's not going to be something that is inspirational it's very doubtful that it's going to be helpful in is it necessary is it you know it might listen it might be true but is it necessary so don't just look at you know part of this and say oh yeah it's true I'm going to tell it everywhere is it necessary? And then the K, is it kind? Is it kind? Brother Redpath then made this statement in light of that, of that formula. He said, if what I am about to say does not pass those tests, I will keep my mouth shut. That's good advice, folks. Look, that's what love is all about. Love beareth all things. I'm going to stop right there tonight because there are three more things mentioned here in this verse and probably in the next message, I'm going to deal with all three of those. But I wanted to keep this one separate from the others uh, uh, just so we can deal with, this subject, because believe me, after all of these years of being in the ministry, I can tell you that in nearly every church, this is one of the most serious problems we have, and that is of talking about other people, and not just to each other, but sometimes to those that are even outside the camp of Christian fellowship, and boy, that's when it's really horrible and and harmful. I hope that uh, I hope that each and every one of us leaves here tonight maybe with an overwhelming feeling of, of failure on our part that we uh, sense uh, that that we don't really love each other as much as we should and if i understand my bible right our love's to be always growing right Peter, what was the word he used? Fervent love, charity. Fervent. That means red hot on fire, bubbling, boiling over. You know, and sometimes what happens is we just, well, we just get to that place that we just kind of tolerate each other. And we ought to be loving each other with that red hot on fire kind of love that causes us to do whatever needs to be done in order to be of a help and a blessing to them. Let's all stand. Father, as we think about the subject of love tonight and we think about our conduct, we think about our manner of life and our attitude toward others I pray that you will remind us again and again and again. And each and every day may we be mindful of the fact that you love us unconditionally. and Lord, that even though we fail you repeatedly, that you absolutely never stop loving us. And even though our conduct may call for us to be chastised in order to correct us, you You never stop loving us. Lord, help us to love each other in that same way. We fail so miserably, and we always will, unless You help us. Lord, we know that love is a part of that fruit of the Spirit that only Your Spirit can produce in our lives. Stress to us here tonight just how important this issue is that above all things that we'll deal with our failure in this area and that our love one for another will be so evident that nobody will ever question whether we love each other or not. For we pray in Jesus' name. We're going to stand and sing and If you're here tonight and God's maybe speaking to your heart about something, you come.
1: I've wandered far away from
0: God. Now I'm coming.
1: Lord, I'm coming home, coming.
0: and attention here tonight. I just hope and pray you have a great week. Any final word? Something we've overlooked? Anyway, an announcement that needs to be made? Or just uh,
1: Nick will be bringing a devotion to the teens, and I'm excited about that. Amen.
0: Amen. That's 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 awesome. And uh, Nick's studies are you got your studies all underway and everything? Yes, sir. Yeah. Amen. Uh, and that's, that's thrilling, and so be sure to pray for him. Okay, anybody else? Yes, ma'am. We weren't here
1: this morning because we were attending a, a baptism for, I had mentioned uh, last year, around well in January, Chelsea's best friend and her husband had lost their baby at the end of childbirth, and her husband, Michael, he had never called on the Lord before, he'd never really prayed, he had no urgency for God in his life. And she was saved and she was praying for him all the time. Well, until his daughter came into the world and he started praying for her to live, that God took her home, he actually was saved. He ended up praying with her. She would she would ask him to pray with her. And he prayed with her to give her comfort. And while praying with her, he came under conviction. Mm. And he was actually saved on his birthday in November. And he was baptized today. So, ask that you pray for their family, uh, Their the strip matters. Just
0: pray that I mean, if they're following God in obedience. Amen. Now, it, it. Isn't it amazing yeah. how that God, you know, take a tragedy like that to, uh, you know, to awaken, uh, to awaken people and, you know, I, I don't know, may, maybe to some degree that the, a lesser degree with most of us. That happens to all of us. Something happens that makes us realize whew, I, I need help and, uh, and and God, God's the only one who can help me. Alright, anybody else before we leave? All minds clear? Yes?
1: I just think about some statistics you kind of brought up
0: a while back about people after the age of 18 and the dropout rate out of the Lord's work and and we just have a good number of college career here. And I'll praise Amen. the Lord for that. <coughs> and, Amen. And, and let, let me offer this as a challenge to them to, to to get out here and to interact and to get others. Believe me, there are a lot of people at, at the same stage of life where you're at that are looking for a church that has a strong college career group. Amen. They really are. Amen. Get the word out there. We do. Hey, we, we got exactly what you need and what you're looking for. Come on, be a part of us. And so, uh, you know, don't ever develop that mentality, us four and no more. You know, we're happy with what we got. You know, uh, keep reaching out to, uh, to others. All right. All minds clear. Bubba Mills, would you word our prayer, please, sir?